Australia is concerned that prolific sperm donors could lead to incest. A nightclub in Australia enforces a ban on red sneakers. And a pastor says that sermons written by artificial intelligence have no soul. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast recorded by an AI inside a closet. I'm the AI. Here we go. Australia is concerned that prolific sperm donors could lead to accidental incest. That's a concern. Australia is appealing for a centralized database that will track sperm donors amid fears that the current system that they're using could lead to a number of familial complications. Well, how, what kind of system are you using? Just write your first name down and give us your sperm? <laughs> Thanks, John. We'll see you. Hey, don't you want his last name and his address, maybe? Uh, nah, nah. First name John is fine. We'll take the sperm. <laughs> so stupid. Let's learn a little bit more. Here's a quote from Rebecca Kerner, the chair of the Australian and New Zealand Infertility Counselors Association. That's a long title, lady. She said, we need a central registrar across Australia and a central bank so that everyone operates out of the same one. It's not dependent on which doctor they go to. The current system in Australia does not track sperm once it leaves the state of origin. Uh, why? With six states and two territories, that's a lot of genetic material moving around unchecked, they're saying. Yeah, correct. This is definitely going to lead to incestual situations. Each state and territory also has its own laws about tracking and releasing information on donors to donor-conceived individuals. The current system tracks and limits a donor to only enough material for four or five, uh, excuse me, for five or ten families, but nothing stops someone from doing so in each state, leading to fears of what what they're calling prolific donors who could end up fathering dozens of children across the country, and no one would know. That would lead to the potential for someone to have then dozens of half-siblings across the country, leading to the risk of accidental incest and trauma when someone discovers they are part of a much bigger family than they actually realized. Well, I mean, that makes an assumption there that people would be traumatic to find out that they're part of a larger family. I mean, that wouldn't traumatize me. I actually might think that'd be pretty cool. I have some half-brothers out there that I've never met, and uh, one of them has a child, so I have a, um, I'm an uncle, right? Uh, but I've never met them, but it's kind of a cool idea to know that I, I am an uncle, you know, it's better than not being an uncle. I don't want to be a dad, but I, being a cool uncle is, you know, I can handle that. I should probably meet them someday. <laughs> am I sharing too much? Okay. Why does Jonesy record a podcast inside a closet? Broken family guys, broken family. <laughs> That's why I'm a comedian. Broken family guys. Now, there's another quote in this story by someone named Amy Shackleton, the director of Donor Conceived Australia. She, she said, quote, Spam was transferred across states in Australia, and once it leaves a state, nobody keeps records of what happens to it. When donor-conceived people find out they have that many siblings, it's very distressing. I, I don't know why this would be distressing to find out you have this many siblings. I mean, yeah, well, I guess because you have to buy more birthday presents. Is that what's so distressing? It gives you more work uh, of tracking down people. Maybe that's somewhat distressing, but you honestly, you don't have to do anything about it. I don't see how this distresses people. Would this distress you? <laughs> I 
It wouldn't distress me at all, to be honest. Here is a scenario, and perhaps the only scenario, where it could be very distressing when you find out your significant other later on down the road, you find out they are your half-sibling because of this sperm donor situation. That would be distressing. I don't see any other situation where it's, it's going to cause this much trauma that they're talking about here. Now, they're saying that the same fear exists in the United States, even though our country's population is 10 times that of Australia. A New York Post article in 2017 urged greater regulation on sperm donors, noting a similar fear of sexual relations between half-siblings who do not know of their original connection. Then we have a professor, Fiona Kelly, from some law school in Australia, says that creating a database would be a complicated process, but that the states could achieve it if they were willing to put in the work. How is that complicated to create a database? Hey, go get a laptop, each, each state. <laughs> All right, we're halfway there, creating a database. <laughs> have you heard of the internet, guys? Yeah. Google Docs. Yeah. Google spreadsheets. You can share information between the computers. Guys, did you know that? Guy donates the sperm way over there, and then he tries to donate over here. You're like, nope, you're in the system over there, buddy. Oh, now we have a database. I just solved all your problems, Australia. You're welcome. That was free. An Australian nightclub is banning red sneakers. I did another story out of Australia, guys. Let's keep it going with this terrible Australian accent that Jonesy has. A Perth nightclub has banned red sneakers. The owners claim red sneakers are the choice of troublemakers. Ooh, watch out for that red sneaker gang, guys. <laughs> Once you're a jet, you're always a jet. Hillary's Bar One, that's the name of the bar, in Perth. Hillary's has enforced a ban on red shoes, whether they are Air Maxes, Air Forces, Converse, whatever. Red shoes are a red flag for bad behavior, they're saying. Ooh, I'd like to see their database. How did they find out that red shoes were connected to bad behavior? Here's a quote from the owner of the bar, Malcolm, which is a super Australian name, isn't it? It's quite funny. They have red shoes on, certain bum bag, certain chain, and they act up. Uh, they call it a bum bag in Australia rather than a fanny pack, which I found out doing a comedy show uh, for foreigners at, an, at a hostel. Within, uh, I had a joke where I was talking about a fanny pack. That wasn't the funny part. However, the word fanny pack kept getting a giggle from the audience. I stopped my show. I said, why are you guys laughing at fanny pack? That's when they told me that fanny is a slang word for vagina in certain places, which is why in Australia they call it a bum bag and not a fanny pack. All right. You're learning. You're, le you're welcome, guys. That was free and not in the article. I just added that on because I'm a skilled improvisational comedian. Well, let's find out a little bit more as to why the red shoe ban. We have the owner of the nightclub insisting after a rise in recent violent behavior, he's noticed that red shoes are a magnet for most of these incidents. How strange. I wonder if it's true. Now, uh, there are people that are, of course, outraged by this because people are outraged by everything in the world, it seems. Some nightlife revelers have dubbed the club's ban extremely discriminatory. Here's a quote from one local who is nameless. Well, I'm always wearing the red shoes, you know. I've nearly four or five of them. I don't think I'm a dangerous person. I'm not even a troublemaker. I think it's cool. It's just one of my favorite colors. You shouldn't judge people by wearing that, eh? 
Well, the article says that despite the uproar in the community over the red shoe ban, hospitality venues can legally enforce a dress code under the Liquor Act in Australia. This new rule will come into effect next month. Yeah, you know, any private place can pretty much enforce whatever dress code they feel like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the fallout of free enterprise. But what else comes with free enterprise? Well, your choice to not go to that business. Your choice not to bring your business there, your money there. That's your choice. Yeah. We have many, 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 many choices of bars out there. And I assume in Australia and in Perth, same thing. There's not, Hillary's isn't the only joint. You can wear your red sneakers to uh, Outback Steakhouse. Hey, hey, right, right. It's all Outback out there, right? It's just an Outback Steakhouse on every corner, am I right? I've never been to Australia, but it's an Outback on every corner, right? Just go there, get your blooming Onion sneaker, sneaker game on, eh? All right, let's get serious. I, I have a question for my listeners in Australia. Have you noticed a correlation between violent, I don't know, teenagers or youth and red footwear? Is, is that a thing? <laughs> I'd like to know. I mean... I'm making fun of the guy for putting this together, but I mean, perhaps he's right. I, what am I to say? I'm not hanging out at Hillary's. I don't know. Well, anyways, if you have the info, call the show, 646-450-2012. Personally, I'm okay with a ban on red sneakers because I don't wear them. You know, I just find them to be, it's, just, it's a tough match. You know? you know, I'd imagine at one point in Los Angeles where I live, they were probably banning certain colored bandanas because they are they are gang related. There's gang colors here too. Red is one of them, by the way. Blue is the other one, which is tough stuff. But I'd imagine for a time there was probably a ban on red and blue articles of clothing out here during the height of the, you know, the gang activity and the gang violence. I mean, I still hear that it goes on here, but I've never encountered it, uh, fortunately. But this is the sort of thing that uh, that comes about. You know, people are just trying to uh, do like damage control. In, in the world, and then they, they do the best that they can. They, they try to recognize a pattern and then adjust to that so that they can have a safer place. So, you know, I'm, I'm not blaming this nightclub at all, but, uh, but I'd love to hear from anyone over there about this red sneaker phenomenon. It's fascinating to me. And, and, a, red, and a red fanny pack, too? Red fanny pack. Say it, guys, fanny pack. Ooh, you just said a bad word. A pastor claims that sermons written by artificial intelligence will have no soul. Uh, you guys know about the evolving AI. Have you heard of chat GPT? Well, the clergy is very concerned about this. They're saying that artificial intelligence chatbots cannot actually replicate, replicate the passion of actual preaching. Uh, now, if you guys are unfamiliar with ChatGPT, it's a program, it's an AI, you type in a question, you tell it to write you something, it'll write you a story, it'll tell you about anything out there. I, I, for instance, I wrote, tell me about Weird AF News, and it wrote, Weird AF News is a daily podcast that covers strange and bizarre news stories from around the world. The podcast is hosted by comedian Jonesy, who brings his unique perspective and humor to each episode. The show's format usually consists of Jonesy sharing several weird news stories, each accompanied by his humorous commentary and reactions. The stories covered on the podcast can range from the hilarious to the downright bizarre, and often feature strange events, odd inventions, and offbeat human interest stories. The podcast has gained a dedicated following due to its entertaining and often lighthearted approach to the news. Jonesy's irreverent humor and ability to find 
find the strange and absurd in everyday news stories has made the podcast a favorite among fans of the weird and unusual. Weird AF News is available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. The episodes are typically between 15 and 30 minutes long, making it an easy fit into your busy schedule. Now, that was what the AI generated when I wrote, tell me about the Weird AF News podcast. So you could also equally type in, Tell me about God. Tell me about the Bible. Give me a sermon. And chat GPT, that program that, uh, that I used, will, will spurt out some long, long, you know, response. And, you know, people are questioning whether it's, it's accurate. How accurate is it? Well, I just gave you an example of how accurate it was with my podcast, right? So now I'd imagine... There might be pastors out there who are, you know, it comes crunch time and they have a sermon and they didn't put it together. They they didn't write it. Maybe they were too busy um, going to the casino and spending the money that they raise. <laughs> there are stories like that does happen. Uh, so then they go to chat GPT and they're like, oh, I need a sermon quick. And then chat GPT can write a sermon about whatever topic they want to talk about that day. Um, and then. The evolving consensus among the clergy, though, it seems, is that, yes, these AIs can write a passably competent sermon, but that it can't replicate the passion of actual preaching. I mean, I would argue against that. I think the passion in the preaching is the delivery of the sermon itself. It's the delivery of the clergy. It's how much heart and energy the pastor puts into the sermon. It's not what the sermon says, it's how it's delivered. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. But here's a quote from uh, someone who's the dean of a school of theology and a professor of Christian preaching. He says, it lacks a soul. I don't know how else to say it. Sermons are meant to be the core of a worship service. All right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Lazy pastors, it says, might be tempted to use AI for this purpose, as I alluded to earlier. But not the great shepherds, not the ones who love preaching, who love their people. They won't use the AI for this. No, no. They do have a, an example of this. Um, there's a rabbi in New York named Joshua Franklin who recently told his congregation at the Jewish, Jewish Center that he was going to deliver a plagiarized sermon dealing with such issues as trust and forgiveness. Upon finishing his sermon, he asked his worshipers to guess who wrote it. When the parishioners seemed stumped, he revealed that the writer was ChatGPT. Uh, ChatGPT responded to his request to write a 1,000-word sermon related to that week's lesson from the Torah. Uh, now, Rabbi Franklin said that ChatGPT might be really great at sounding intelligent, but the question is, can it be empathetic? And that not yet, at least, it cannot be empathetic. Those And those are the things that bring us together. Well, perhaps the rabbi is right, and there's certain aspects of the sermon that we're not we're lacking em empathy, but you can just add those in yourself and use the uh, original sermon generated by the by the AI as a base, you know, as a skeleton for your sermon. I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, and I think we might be heading headed there. And who gives a damn anyways? Who cares <laughs> at this point? Like, really? <laughs> I mean, I, it would seem to me that you're going to hear a sermon, not for the exact content of the sermon, but because of the personality of the, of the individual delivering the sermon. That's what draws you in. You want someone who can, who has, uh, you know, uh, is charged with all sorts of energy 
It has charisma. That's what brings you there, not the actual words. Anyways, really? I mean, if that was the case, we could all sit home, you know, with the Torah and just get our fix that way. But no, we go hear someone do it because we like, you know, we're, we gravitate towards the personality of the person delivering the sermon. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't even ask these religions what their opinion is because they're so conservative in general anyways. They're not going to... They're not going to incorporate AI. I mean, they're barely incorporating sex out of wedlock at this point. <laughs> what do you think they, how do you think they feel about AI? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Their opinion is like, just toss it, bro. Toss it. And let me tell you something. They're struggling for attendance at these places, at these institutions. You know, not everybody's lining up Sunday morning like they used to. So, yeah. Take what you can get at this point. In fact, you might even attract a group of younger parishioners if you just make it known that you're using AI to generate your, your sermons and speeches, etc. Who knows? I mean... You don't have to be rich to like weird news. You don't have to be cool to like weird news. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Jonesy. Highly caffeinated and at your service. I'm going to keep this outro really brief because I'm going to publish some phone calls after this. If you want to call the show, here's the number. 646-450-2012. My email's funnyjones at gmail.com. You can send me articles or just say, what's up, Jonesy? I like that. If you want to... Uh, send some money because you want to support what's going on here. One man show in a closet. Uh, yeah, that's a good thing to do. You can join the Patreon or buy me a cup of coffee. You can do it off my website, weirdafnews.com. You can do a lot of stuff at weirdafnews.com. So just go there and it gives you some options. You can even submit articles through weirdafnews.com. And if you uh, don't have any ducats to send on over to support Jonesy, that's fine. Just tell a friend that Weird AF News is the only daily weird news podcast. In the galaxy. And according to Chat GPT, it's pretty cool. Jonesy, you rock and roller. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Hang on here. Alexa, pause. Tell the truth. All these people that are hugging cows, that's where the owner went to India at Chick-fil-A's and he saw they were hugging cows. They got that giant cow there saying, eat more chicken, hug a cow. That's what it is. I'm hugging the cow at Chick-fil-A. It's never brought me any good luck, and they never gave me free nuggets either. Think about it. Hug the cow. When was the last time you went to Chick-fil-A and got them nuggets? All right, Jonesy, you stay out of trouble. Love you. Jim from Cleveland says, I'm out. Hi, Jonesy. It's Connie from Cedartown, Georgia. And I know this won't probably get on tomorrow because you said you may or may not do a podcast on Monday. And I know I said I didn't care who won the Super Bowl. Because, you know, it's just, I just wanted a close game. Well, I might have fudged a little bit. I'm so happy the Chiefs won. Oh, my God. It was such a good game. And nobody on Fox, nobody on NFL Network picked 
the Chiefs. My mother and I were the only ones that picked the Chiefs. And they did it. We were right. They were wrong. And I'm sorry you were wrong. I hope you didn't bid any money because they were really sick. But um, I just wanted to say I hope you're I hope you're having a good time. I am. I've had a margarita beer. I am good. So happy Super Bowl day, everybody, and have a happy Monday. I know that sounds weird, but it is possible. And. I hope your hangover isn't too bad and that you're okay. And, well, I know you're okay. You're in San Diego, I think you said. So, anyway, love you and love all the weirdos and hope y'all are having a good time. Good luck with your life, man. Bye.